the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you need me, I'll be in Washington County. Yep, I made the decision 33 years ago to move from Mount Lebanon to Peters Township. There were sheep grazing on the hill where a large shopping mall now stands, and I don't didn't move out there to get away from taxes or to get more into the country. I just found a nice lot, built a house on it. I don't live there anymore, but I stayed in Washington County, and boy, am I glad I did. Not just because the taxes are lower, but because I'm not living in Allegheny County. More specifically, I'm no longer living in Mount Lebanon, where I was born, and which has, by the way, become nauseatingly liberal over the years. I'm a little bit encouraged because during my weekly walks in the neighborhood there recently, I've noticed more signs for Rocky and other Republicans than I have in the past. They were, there were actually more Rocky signs than there were in Amarado signs. Uh, and come to think of it, I didn't even see one in Amarado sign. Usually in that neighborhood, the Democrat signs beat Republican signs about two to one. So there may be some hope. Maybe Mount Lebanon and Allegheny County won't vote for a socialist. Maybe all that ta- talk about their, uh, their taxes going up if she wins got their attention. Maybe they'll do everybody a favor and not show up to vote. So, is, you know, maybe there is hope for Allegheny County. You know what Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's going to do? Uh, people there actually sent a socialist, Summer Lee, to Congress, and they'd vote for Joseph Stalin if he were running for Allegheny County executive. And if they put the latest socialist in power and also vote for Matt Dugan, the guy George Soros spent $1.8 million on for district attorney, they will deserve everything they get. And out here in our, I should say out there, I'm not there right now, but out there in Washington County, I'll be laughing with all the, uh, you know, the gun-toting, racist, homophobic hicks with no teeth, of course. And if you vote for the Democrats, do us all a favor, stay in Allegheny County, please. When we come back, more and more Democrats love socialism, and they're proving it over and over again. And in our second half hour, an expert on George Soros to talk about the stupidity of electing a Soros-funded DA. Stick around. Well, Allegheny County may be about to elect a socialist as county executive. Imagine that. And lots of Democrats around the country, including one in Congress from Allegheny County, will love that if it happens. Tyler O'Neill, editor of the Daily Signal, wrote about the Democrats, well, too many of them anyway, loving socialism several months ago. He joins us now. Tyler, thanks for coming on again. Always good to have you. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to be here. So the the headline nine months ago was at the Daily Signal was 86 House Democrats vote against resolution condemning socialism. What did the resolution say, and who were some of the people who didn't vote for it, along with uh, Summer Lee, as I mentioned, the congresswoman from Allegheny County? Yeah, so the resolution condemned the output of socialism and the idea of a government-controlled economy. Um, so what we have here, uh, you know, as the representative of the city of Miami and a daughter of Cuban exiles, I say that this resolution hits close to home for us all. 
Maria Elvira Salazar, uh, who is, of course, the daughter of Cuban exiles, told me, the Daily Signal, uh, the state, the actual resolution says the U.S. is founded on the belief in the sanctity of the individual to which the collectivistic system of socialism in all its forms is fundamentally and necessarily opposed. And socialism as a concentration of power that has time and time again collapsed into communist regime. And, you know, this, this collectivism, which we see the left push through the Marxist dialectic, pitting the oppressor versus the oppressed, and suggesting that all white people are oppressors, for instance. I mean, this is a very noxious ideology with horrible results, and it was great to see the House of Representatives condemn it. But as you noted, you know, 86 Democrats decided not to vote, uh, you know, to vote against the resolution. And, of course, this includes people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But interestingly, it also included... Uh, representative who represents an area where I grew up, Diana DeGette, in Colorado. Uh, so this is a broad, you know, a large amount of Democrats are unwilling to condemn this collectivistic ideology that is undermining the roots of America. And it's, it's really tragic to see that. Oh, what does it say, uh, Tyler, that, that there was a need for a resolution nine months ago? Yeah, well, there's clearly a need for a resolution now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, this is a live issue and this is something Republicans and Democrats should be able to agree on. I mean, this goes to the core of what it means to be an American. And if you can't stand against socialism, how can you defend the principles of this country? And, you know, and, and stand by the Constitution and be proud to be an American. It uh, it just raises all sorts of really, really sad questions that we should not be asking of our representatives. Yeah, uh, and, and if they held a vote again today, do you think there would be more than 86 voting no? It's hard to say. I think, I mean, this, this vote took place in the current in the current Congress, so I assume that the most you know, that most of the people who voted against it then would vote against it now, and that most of the people who voted for it then, you know, that this resolution would pass as it did then, but that too many on one side of the aisle would still be opposing it. Yeah, the resolution points out the millions of people around the world who have died as a result uh, of uh, socialism. So, I don't know, do you, do you think the people who are pushing it, socialism, uh, now refuse to believe that? Or is it still, are they still going with the, well, if you do socialism the right way, it'll work out just fine? Yeah, I, I think the latter. I would, I would expect many of these people to say that these oppressive regimes uh, did not actually represent socialism the way they would like to see it done. And it's interesting the way, you know, Bernie Sanders repeatedly defends socialism and claims that the Scandinavian countries which, by the way, are, are moving away from socialism now, uh, represents his vision. Uh, it's, it's fundamentally deceptive the way that they argue for socialism, but normally they get away with it because so many in the establishment press aren't willing to push back. 
And um, they don't seem to want to hear about it from people who grew up with it. Uh, as you mentioned, Maria Elvira Salazar, she lived it, and they still don't want to hear it. When I, I wrote about uh, Ted Cruz is out with a book today, uh, the Texas senator whose father, you know, supported Hugo Chavez in the beginning of Hugo Chavez's revolution in Cuba. And Ted Cruz's father was a radical Marxist, and then he went back to Cuba and he saw what happened under, uh, no, not, not, and he saw what happened, sorry, Fidel Castro, not Hugo Chavez. Right, right, right. He saw what happened under the Castro regime. And he, uh, Cruz writes very movingly about this, that his dad had been in Texas uh, at, at school and he had been praising and going around to various places throughout the city saying that Fidel Castro is the future and we should all support him. And then after he goes to Cuba and sees what actually happened, uh, he came back and he made a point to go to every single place where he had preached about Fidel Castro and said, look, I was wrong. This guy is horrible and we need to oppose the socialist ideology. Uh, is there much difference now, do you think, between the average Democrat and the average socialist? Uh, man, it's hard to say. I mean, so much of what the Democrats push is emboldened by socialism and, you know, rooted in it. And you have to watch out for many of the policies that they're advocating. But I, I believe that there are still a lot of Democrats who don't support socialism, especially, you know, especially among your listeners and some in Congress, perhaps. But, you know, they, they need to speak out more and more and say, look, this doesn't represent us because we should not have a political system where one party is dominated by an anti-American ideology and the only party and the other party is the only bastion of sanity. Uh, maybe put another way, is, is there much difference between the average Democrat office holder and the average <laughs> socialist? Because I think there are a lot, there have to be a lot of Democrats out there. As I said, when I opened my show, I said uh, Pittsburgh will vote for Joseph Stalin if he's on the ballot as a Democrat. Uh, Allegheny County almost is automatic, not quite. But um, I don't think uh, there are places where especially in the cities where Democrats have been in charge for 60, 70, 80 years in some cases, uh, it could be a communist. As long as, it, as long as it's a Democrat, they're going to vote for him or her. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's really tragic to see. And I think most elected Democratic officials push uh, policies that echo a socialist mindset and that do encourage a collectivistic takeover of society. Um, all we have to see is the way that they've fallen lockstep on policies like when when they pushed COVID. And so many, I mean, even, even mayors would go out and send police to make sure that churches were closed on Sunday. Um, this, you know, it's, it, it really, it really shocks you when you think about how far uh, Democrats have gone in this country. We're talking to uh, Tyler O'Neill. He's the managing editor at the Daily Signal. Well, Bernie Sanders, uh, Tyler, was probably robbed of the Democrat nomination in 2016. You could probably make a case for that anyway. And he's certainly not shy about his socialism. He calls himself one. 
Could he be blamed for the uh, the wider acceptance of it in the Democrat Party, him and his success? I mean, he contributes, but I think the real root is the Marxist takeover of the American institutions, particularly higher education, uh, and spreading on from there. As Cruz put it in his book, uh, which I thought was particularly salient, that Marxism in the universities, they're kind of the Wuhan lab of the COVID of Marxism. And that's where they were incubated and where cultural Marxism spread throughout the society, through the universities. And so, yes, Bernie Sanders was a catalyst uh, for socialism on the left. But you see the roots of this movement, you know, far, far deeper than him, unfortunately. Now you talked about institutions, uh, higher learning, but also at the, uh, at the high school level. Here's a, a tweet I came across today. Somebody tweeted this. It's an actual tweet of a tweet. But th- because this person, Jackie Lynn Eubank, is running for school board out in Colorado, which can be very, it's probably in the Denver area, which can be very liberal. This is what she tweeted. This is, she's running for school board, okay? This is what she tweeted on July 4th, 2021. Today feels gross to me. It has increasingly felt bad for several years as I have grown in my understanding of our nation's colonialist roots and how they impact contemporary society. It is hard to want to celebrate the heinous acts it took to get here. I am disgusted by the blatant disregard for the lives and experiences of millions of people that goes into Fourth of July celebrations, and that's not even getting into the self-righteous entitlement that goes into people's desires to shoot off harmful, dangerous, and toxic fireworks as a form of celebration. <laughs> oh, Tyler, wow. this person is going to get votes tonight or whenever the whenever the yeah. vote is. Maybe lots of them and might win. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting how people on the left, they, they rarely ever lament the pain and destruction and devastation and death that led to the construction of the great, you know, Mesoamerican empires. You know, the Inca would sacrifice children and would conquer other people by force. The Aztecs were notorious for executing people on their big, uh, their big pyramids. And so, you know, what you see instead is this division between what they call the, uh, the indigenous people and what they call the colonizers. But in reality, humanity overall has a checkered history. And one of the few bright spots is the United States of America and the Western tradition that birthed this country. And the fact that someone who sees the birth of America as a tragic moment in history could, you know, be on a school board and, and be forming the education of today's youth, it's, it's horrifying. Unfortunately, it's also representative of where we are in this country right now. Well, we'll see where we are after tonight. It'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling that the Democrats are going to lose here tonight. That's just a gut feeling. Um, but uh, if they don't, boy, it's going to be a sad night, and it's going to be pretty scary. But I, I appreciate you coming on, Tyler. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Okay, that's Tyler O'Neill from The Daily Signal. We'll be right back. Allegheny County uh, could elect Matt Dugan tonight as the new district attorney. And if it happens, George Soros will be happy somewhere. You would think he will believe that his money was well spent. He spent through a pack 
$1.8 million on Dugan going back to the primary and now the general election. What will it mean? Well, Rachel Ehrenfeld is the author of a book called The Soros Agenda, and she joins us now. Rachel, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So what should the people in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County expect from an attorney general paid for by George Soros? More crime, more mayhem, more chaos. Why, why should they think that? Why should they think that? Well, yeah. look at all the other district attorneys and prosecutors that Soros had helped to um, elect or get elected. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, why do George Soros-funded DAs, why, why does this happen? Because he set out back in 1993, when he just started operating in the United States with the Open Society Institute, uh, which was called at the time, the Open Society Foundations, he set out to change the criminal legal system of the United States. He wanted to change America, uh, as Obama did as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since then, the first, uh, the first initiative that he had, uh, which he funded um, uh, with uh, initially $15 million in 1993, 1994, $15 million, was uh, money, uh, a lot of money. Uh, this was just for propaganda in order to get uh, California and Arizona to legalize. He wanted all drugs, but eventually settled on uh, so-called medical marijuana. Uh, He went on from there to change uh, illegal, uh, well, to uh, facilitate illegal migration. Now we have more than 8 million illegal migrants, um, at least. Um, We don't know how many how many uh, gotaways, we don't know who these people are, we don't know where they came from. Um, the very few who are caught as uh, on, uh, suspected terrorists uh, are probably only very few. And um, he has funded uh, everything in order to uh, all the woke and, um, and crazy agendas, transgender climate, uh, environment, all kind of justice initiatives, uh, which are anything but, in order to create chaos and change the United States of America. So electing another DA, um, you can expect that more will be elected. And I guess what I don't understand about, I've never been able to get, um, and you wrote a book about him, so you did a lot of research into this, yeah, the Soros agenda. Yeah, the Soros agenda is the name of the book. Um, uh, I don't understand what is what is his motivation. Does he really think that by doing all the things you just described, that America will be a better place, or is it just a, a place that he'll like better? Well, he he turned ninety three in uh, in August, so. Um, I don't know how much more he will be able to enjoy, though, you know, he may live longer than, than me. Yeah. Uh, we should all hope he dies tomorrow, but that, that's, you know, I don't want to be mean or anything, but, but go ahead. I'm not hoping for anything. Yeah. But he, he actually uh, transferred the uh, running of the foundations to his uh, younger, to right. his colleagues. But, um, uh, 
what he wanted to see is apparently what we are seeing today and worse. Uh, so uh, what is his motive to destroy the United States? I don't know, but apparently he has many, uh, many uh, helpers and many enablers to the same uh, idea, uh, which was to destroy the only constitutional um, republic, democratic, capitalistic, uh, successful nation on earth. And do you know what his his favorite country is? Where what what does he think? Who does which country does he think doesn't need his help and is doing a really wonderful job? Well, since he has been operating in more than 120 countries, I don't know which country is <laughs> yeah. is uh, his choice. Yeah. Uh, however, he he declared himself as a citizen of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, he didn't. He didn't uh, want to change anything on the moon yet. So I guess it's somewhere. Uh, and maybe he wants to make uh, uh, America a place where he feels with cows around him and many people on drugs uh, a place that he uh, feels comfortable. And but he didn't only fund this. He also has been funding. Uh, the many of the demonstrators that you see on the streets are supporting the atrocities of Hamas. Uh, so uh, he has been funding all kind of organizations that uh, have uh, made Black Lives Matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, everybody that wants to uh, uh, create um, uh, or has a new. Uh, sort of uh, grievance against the United States uh, has been funded by, uh, by Soros. He has fund- he's the biggest funder of the uh, Democratic Party. <coughs> We're talking to Rachel Ehrenfeld. She's the author of The Soros Agenda. So, uh, Rachel, h- how does an increase in crime help George Soros' plan? When did he decide that that was a good idea and why? Well, he decided, uh, as he started his activities in the United States, uh, uh, we established his Open Society Foundation uh, Institute in New York, uh, he set out to change the legal system, the criminal legal system of the United States. And, uh, and then he added another component to it uh, by saying that this is why he's doing it. He explained later on, like two or three years later, that it's because uh, it is uh, discriminating, it's a racist system because it's discriminating against blacks, especially because uh, since his major initiative at the time was drug legalization, uh, most people, the majority of people, uh, of uh, offenders who were in prisons were blacks, so he decided, okay, here is something that I can promote, and he, as a supporter of the Democratic Party, too, uh, decided that, uh, okay, so anything that is racist, uh, he's against. Uh, so he will make it a better system. Well, um, I guess having, uh, uh, choosing uh, DAs and prosecutors and judges where judges are elected who would not actually comply with the law, who would not implement the law, to change the law. You don't need to go to Congress and, and lobby to change the laws because you have people who are refusing to uh, actually 
employed employed the uh, uh, enforced the law, so the laws um, the laws are, are not valid anymore, right? And the criminals are running uh, all over and running us over too. So what is he doing in in other countries that is similar to what he's doing in the United States? He seems to. Uh, uh, well, uh, you actually you have a quote on the front of your book, and the book is The Soros Agenda. We're talking to the author, Rachel Ehrenfeld. Um, on the front of the book, you have a quote. It says, The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. So um, what is he doing in some of these other countries? Is it all the same? Is he just adjusted depending on what system he's trying to, to blow up? Yeah, well, yes. And also the indoctrination... And the um, uh, uh, the anti-Americanism, anti-capitalism, um, anti-Christian, anti-Jewish, anti-family uh, is uh, is really on the top of his agenda, and he, of course, is claiming that he is working for, for example, uh, to fight disinformation, and he's been doing it for a long time. People didn't pay attention. But he has been having training uh, to spread propaganda, really, uh, uh, for decades. And uh, so he had been very successful now with the Biden administration, I think. Uh, And, of course, before, but with the Biden administration in particular, we started in COVID and, uh, and with actually shutting up people who criticize uh, anything with the government who dare to speak, uh, really, um, he, he has been funding the uh, uh, anti-Israel uh, activities, uh, anti-Israel organizations, including uh, supporting directly and indirectly funding organizations that um, are linked to Hamas and the uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad and another uh, Palestinian uh, terrorist organization, uh, all based in Gaza, uh, and who participated in the horrendous atrocities against uh, Israeli civilians. Uh, so he's been doing it for a long time. And that's part of, because Israel, Israel, for the Iranians, Israel is a small Satan, and the United States is a big Satan. It seems, although he never said that, it seems that uh, Soros kind of agrees with them uh, because he's going after Israel's uh, democracy. He, he, he doesn't like uh, the Israel, the Jewish state. He doesn't think the Jews um, deserve a state or need a state of their own. Uh, and uh, he certainly doesn't like the United States uh, because of capitalism uh, because it's the superpower, has been the superpower for years, and he thinks that that's not good. He doesn't believe in sovereignty. Uh, this is why he worked very hard in order to uh, uh, facilitate open borders, uh, not only here, also in Europe, uh, bringing uh, illegal migrants uh, to flood Europe and to flood the United States. Uh, this has been uh, the new world order that he has uh, been uh, espousing and aspiring for. And um, uh, to get back to what the reason I wanted to have you on is because 
we have a very good chance of seeing a, uh, a Soros-funded person become district attorney here. Um, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering. He's been doing this for a while. Um, how many of these people who he funds and gets elected, and then create, make things worse as far as uh, the, the well, amount of crime? How many of them get reelected? Well, actually, one of his arguments he wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Uh, uh, defending his position and actually arguing, look, some of those uh, uh, district attorneys were re-elected. Yeah. Which is the time right, because otherwise, if they were so bad, the people wouldn't uh, re-elect them. Well, they were re-elected where? In San Francisco mm-hmm. and in Los Angeles? Uh, well, he has been funding the elections there, too, and these are blue states. So... Um, I don't know why anybody, I think there is a little bit of a pushback, uh, but uh, now in some places, even in New York, uh, but uh, maybe against the results of the policies, but not so much against the district attorneys. Mm -hmm. Look at what the uh, New York State uh, uh, attorney is doing uh, to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, Is is she Soros funded? She, yes, she is, too. And that's what I thought, yeah. Oh, and he will continue, and he is putting now with his son, who, who already declared that he's more political than his father. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he's now putting, actually, more funds uh, towards electing as many, uh, as many rogue, uh, district attorneys, prosecutors, judges, and many uh, Democrat uh, public officials, anybody running for office, Secretary of State, who actually is influencing the election, um, the results of the elections, uh, uh, anybody who's running for any, any position uh, who wants to, who doesn't want America's best, who, who doesn't have America's best interest in heart, uh, I think can get money from Soros. And does how does the money um, get to the person? Does the person uh, call George Soros and his people, or do his people call the candidate yeah. and say, hey, how'd you like a couple million dollars? We'll help you out here. We kind of like what you stand for. You know, I never tried to uh, get money from him, so... Yeah. I, I well, but I mean, the, 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 uh, the money shows up in the coffers of these... Politicians. Yes, it's not always directly. It's right. always actually more and more through uh, political action committees. So you have a big bag of money uh, that uh, local Democrats are responsible for and collecting, and uh, uh, that sources money go towards uh, that bag, and from there they are distributing it. There are also. Of course, direct contributions as well, mm-hmm. but a lot of money is going through also all kind of uh, consulting companies right. and banks, and which are actually not allowed to distribute money for political uh, for political activities. Uh, but somehow the IRS is um, I don't know not paying attention. We're talking to Rachel Ehrenfeld. She's the author of the Soros Agenda. So, uh, in the case of the uh, the, the guy here, uh, Matt Dugan, who's running tonight, one point eight million. 
that he's gotten from Soros. Would it be possible, based on what you've found in the research for your book, would it be possible for a candidate like Dugan not to know that the money that he was getting to help his campaign was coming uh, indirectly, at least, from George Soros? Would it be possible, Mr. Dugan, not to know that, what is it? It's, uh, I don't know how it's the weather today, but it's sunny in New York and 70 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sun is yeah. up, you know, it's... Is it's he- uh, that's uh, no. So they don't. They don't run the 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 Democrats. Maybe they did in the beginning. You know, you know, you've been talking about this for a long time. They, maybe they ran from being identified with George Soros in the beginning. But I've seen a video out there of Hillary Clinton introducing him somewhere and saying how wonderful he is. So they're oh, they're sure. not hiding from him anymore, are they? If they ever did. Uh, no, as long as his money continues to flow. They will, they will cherish him, and they will praise him, and they will say that he's the cat's meow, okay? That's how money corrupts, and more money, more money corrupts uh, even more. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't cost really, in the last scheme, it doesn't cost so much to buy American politicians. Uh, and, and what is very troubling is the fact that these people are, have been for a long time, they are anti-American, anti-constitutional, uh, anti-American uh, values, uh, woke values have been, uh, they didn't come, uh, I mean, they didn't start now because they got money from Soros. They were able to get money from Soros because they've already been uh, promoting, supporting, uh, active, uh, organizing, uh, contributing to all kinds of woke, uh, woke ideas. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty scary stuff, Rachel, and that can be found in your book, The Soros Agenda. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, and I hope the people here are smart enough not to elect another one. That, that would be good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's Rachel Ehrenfeld, The Soros Agenda. I'll be right back. So imagine if uh, there was a story about a, a mass shooter and his or her manifesto uh, came out and after months of not knowing exactly what the motivation was for, um, for her to have killed a bunch, three kids and three adults in a school, and imagine if, if that manifesto said... Um, well, I'll, I'll just read from this, and I'll, I'll change it a little bit. If, imagine if the manifesto said uh, that the school children that she intended to murder, as she called them, crackers, and she went on and talked about their white privilege and said that they attended private fancy schools with those fancy khakis, meaning pants and the uniforms, I guess. Um, I don't know. Imagine if instead of saying that, she said uh, that she read she. Um, ran it about them being black and saying that they were, I don't know, pick something, a stereotype about blacks. I'm not going to mention one here. I'll just get in trouble. But you know what I mean. Uh, the, the typical things that a racist would say about blacks. Uh, do you think maybe the networks would give it a lot of coverage? I think it'd get a lot of coverage. Well, guess what? It happened yesterday that the um, 
the Nashville shooter, whose name doesn't deserve to be mentioned, but it was a she who uh, was trying to uh, transi- transition to become a man. Um, the tra- the the uh, transcript came out from the manifesto, and first of all, at first, uh, the authorities in Nashville didn't want to admit that it was real. Uh, they won't say why they haven't released the manifesto uh, to this point. It's been months. Um, but now it's, it's leaking out, and so you would think that it was a pretty big story at the time. You remember? Uh, somebody goes into a school and kills three kids, a nine-year-old kids and three adults, and then is, is shot, and um, the manifesto's been, everybody's been asking, where is it? What's going on? Why haven't we heard about it? So it comes out, and the networks ignored it, didn't mention, not one word about it uh, last night. And we'll see if they mention it tonight. It's election night, so they probably won't have time for it. But I'll just give you an example of, of the way things are right now. Um, and Audrey, well, I'm not going to say her name, as I said. She referred to these Christian school children as crackers and talked about their white privilege. That's why she killed them in a, in a uh, Christian school, which it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, I guess, why she killed them, but she killed them. So it, it doesn't matter to the kids who were dead why she decided to kill them, but why the reluctance to talk about the fact, and this was a white person, by the way, that uh, why the reluctance to point out that the motivation was she wanted to kill white people. Could it have anything to do with the fact that we're constantly hearing from politicians, people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and other people, and in the media, we're we're constantly hearing about white privilege and whiteness and all the things that are wrong with being a white person? Would it be, I don't know, against the 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 rules for them to uh, point out that maybe this insane person was motivated by all that talk about white privilege I, again if it was about black blank whatever it would be reported it would be they would make a gigantic deal of it and they would talk about how what a racist country we live in and that this person killed these poor innocent people only because they're black some reason it doesn't happen when they're white. I don't know. And by the way, if you're going to vote, don't vote for a socialist tonight. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.